Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. We're back. Surprise. Not surprise. My computer has gone to the doctor, yep. had a little operation, <laughs> and it's back on track. So here we are. I only like you, 2.0. <laughs> Highly anticipated, long-awaited return of the iconic duo that is us. Are we iconic? It's been a week and a half, let's yeah. face it. <laughs> and the Justice League are back as well. Batman, Wonder Woman, the others that no one really knows yet. Are they back if they haven't really been? Well, they're... I guess, yeah, they're on the screen for the first time in a film. Been in the comics forever. Yeah, yeah. So It's not like a return then. In this universe, they haven't. Okay, I just Sorry, thought we yeah. things at the beginning of the podcast today. It's not a bloody, okay. <laughs> this is I Only Like You, by the way, a film review podcast, which aims to be once per week, but recently it's been not that way. It's all right. We'll make it up to you. Yeah, we'll do some extras maybe. Our one listener. <laughs> This week we've seen Justice League, the latest film in the DCEU, which stands for the DC Extended Universe. And I think if they're listening to this podcast, they'd know that. I thought you didn't know that. I would have known that. Okay, good work. So, we like Batman. Everyone likes Batman. Wonder mm. Woman is everyone's favourite at the moment as well. Mm-hmm. However, the more recent... Batman vs Superman and Man of Steel and Suicide Squad films haven't done very well critically and pop culturally. People think they're a bit dark, gloomy, not much fun. And I'm not going to defend Suicide Squad. Never in my life no will one, I do that. No one can. <laughs> Apart from Harley, he was pretty cool, but even they had problems. But I do quite like Man of Steel for what it was. And Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, despite the ridiculous title isn't that bad of a film really it it's obviously not good but the extended cut is not too bad is it extended cut's like fine yeah right yeah so to this film i came with the wanting to like it because i like batman and because this this film series has got such bad rap i'm like well it's not that bad is it i'm kind Mm. of being like what's what am i being like I don't know what you're being like. <laughs> no, else giving it shit, so I'm kind of like, oh, you know, I'm being, I'm anti the anti people, you know. You're anti anti. Yeah. Right. I think some people just want to hate this film, and I feel like in the Marvel films, which I don't want to get into a whole Marvel DC debate here, but those films have such goodwill that people go in there and look bad, look past the bad stuff, and just focus on the good parts, like in Thor, which was really funny, but the rest of it doesn't really work, in my opinion. Mm. And then in these films, they look past the good parts and just focus on the shitty parts. I'd agree with that. Do you agree with that? I do agree with that. I think, I know you don't want to get into a debate, but I think in this context, you can't talk about a DC movie without talking about Marvel and you yeah. can't talk about Marvel without talking about DC. It's hard not to, yeah. I 
think it's strange that everyone, well, I think there's a few things going on here. One, I think it's a lot of people feel good about hating something. Definitely, yeah. It feels good to be superior, doesn't it? Yeah, especially when you can get online and go on forums and find other people who you can connect with about this bad film that you, well, you the film that you thought was bad. And I think you get that sort of um, boost and you feel like, yeah, my opinions count and you know, I'm right because this person agrees with me and that kind of thing. And it gets in a bit of an echo chamber with that. I think it's a very adolescent mind frame to be in that hating everything makes you cool because if you actually like something, people can make fun of that and take that away from you. Yeah, you're right? putting yourself out there if you like something. Yeah, it's a self-protection thing, I think. Mm. Um, so I think that's going on. Also, I find it interesting that there's a lot of people who seem to hate Batman as a dark character, but you hate campy Adam West Batman as well. So what do you want? Well, like there's two things going on there, I think. I think... People think that Batman is cool when he's dark, mm. and like, but it only worked back then when it was the Christopher Nolan films, yeah, because they were so successful and won Oscars and stuff, yeah. And but I don't know what they what they want now. You're right. It's do they want it to be a funny quipathon like a Marvel film? Well, with, I was with, without stakes. Yeah. Well, know? I was worried because Justice League, this film, veered into that territory at a number of points, and I. I don't want that to happen for this Batman because I'm going to say it, audiences don't know what they want. And sometimes audiences get all worked up about a particular thing and then studios listen and producers get involved and it gets meddled and it gets turned into something that's actually way worse than it would have been because they're trying to appeal to Marketplace. And I just, I don't know. Well, not every film has to be everything. And so yeah. maybe it's okay if the Marvel films are a bit lighter, but even then that's not true because Civil War, they're all fighting each other. Well, in, Winter in, Soldier, you said. In Winter Soldier, the bloody government is yeah. a Nazis. So, like, yeah. it wasn't like it was a bloody... It wasn't a fun time. <laughs> like, Thor Ragnarok is a bit more hilarious. But even then you've got bits with um, Kate Blanchett killing all of Asgard for no reason. Yeah. But anyway, that's... I think that one's... Thor Ragnarok's an outlier here. <laughs> What I'm saying it's not exactly that all Marvel films are happy and light and no. are funny and all dark and all DC movies are dark and serious because they're no. all that. But it's okay, I think, if DC films are a bit darker because that provides them a point of difference. Well, you, you said know? something that I thought was interesting is that it's almost like Marvel are embracing their comic bookness and don't even want to be considered as films, real films. They're just for the fans, whereas DC are trying to make an actual proper cinematic movie yeah, you can make with that. a comic book character, you know. You can make that argument, like they're trying to bring Batman and Superman into the real world, which is basically what they did with Batman Begins and the Dark Knight series. Yeah. But, but uh, having said that all that before, about people hating this film for no reason, which I think has happened, there's a lot of people who are, have gone back and have tried to, are defending it for no reason. This is a campaign at the moment online, don't know if it's actually true or not, People are trying to watch the film six times so it gets more money, like see it six times for the six Justice League members. What? And I guess this is my overall point I'm trying to say before we even review the film. It's like, it's just a movie, right? <laughs> I, more than anyone, 
obsess over movies and it's really important and I want to have my career and stuff. However, if someone makes a bad movie, don't mm. don't hate them. Just be a bit sad or whatever, but it's not the end of the world. Yeah. If the worst thing that Zack Snyder has done to you <laughs> has made a movie you don't like, then don't worry. Yeah. You're doing okay in life, right? Yeah. Think of all the things that are going on in the world. The fact that you didn't quite like the new Superman, whatever. There'll be a new one in five years anyway. Seriously. And the irony's not lost that we're making a movie review podcast about to talk about all the issues we had with the film. Oh, yeah. But, but I'm not saying this is the most important thing going on in my life no, at the moment. No. And I saw someone on Twitter, this really annoyed me, saying that. So obviously, you probably know that Zack Snyder left this film during post production because of Family Matter and Joss Whedon, Avengers, Marvel, whatever, came on and sort of finished it. And I saw this person on Twitter who thought they were very hilarious, I'm sure, said trying to, bringing in Joss Whedon to fix a Zack Snyder film is like trying to fix diarrhea with piss. What, what does that mean? Who sits at their keyboard and thinks that up and, and t- types it and then gets a thousand retweets and thinks they're the most hilarious person ever? A troll, Lonnie. That's what a troll does. I know, I, but even then, yeah. all the things to troll about. I Seriously. they made a few assumptions there. They've made one assumption that a Zack Snyder film was going to be terrible in the first place, and I'm not the biggest fan of Zack Snyder, but I think that that's a bit harsh. Also, hanging on Joss Whedon for no reason. Also, I, I don't know. I, yeah. I bet you the person who wrote it loved Buffy, probably loved the first Avengers film, probably loved Watchmen when it came out, and they've just turned on it for no reason now and it now you know, getting in the circle jerk atmosphere of we can hate everything and we're better than everybody else. Well, they else. do turn on it for a reason. Then they turn on it because it gets attention. Because yeah, you get more attention if you don't like something than if you do. Tall poppies and Exactly, and it gets yeah. a thousand retweets rather than, you know, I I reckon he probably actually did like the film oh, and yeah. he's writing that just to cause yeah. a reaction. Well, it worked, person. <laughs> I just want to say something else before we get into our real review about the film. And... The irony is not lost to me that, that I'm going to criticise this film and I've criticised other films in the past, but it's something I'm trying to work on myself, is that maybe we should try to appreciate films for what they are, not think about the bad part. Well, not obsess over the bad parts or what could have been. Think about what we've actually got in this film. And I think people did that with Wonder Woman, didn't they? In Wonder Woman, we got a pretty standard story that was told in a very... Um, traditional manner mm. that was really great great actors it was yeah. a great moment in in film history for people to have an actual cool female superhero finally and so people were willing to look past and appreciate what they got you know i'd argue with wonder woman though i don't know that people did think that they were looking past i think people had a bit of rose-colored glasses on with wonder woman oh, like, you know what i mean that they're appreciating the film for what it was yes. aren't they yes and uh, i think we were doing the kind of the not pro-anti but Everyone else was loving Thor Ragnarok. We were kind of like, well, it was really funny, but was that all it was? It's a bit glib and it's kind of not serious and that takes away from it. Mm. But, like, maybe it's not the worst thing in the world to have a really funny movie <laughs> with yeah. superheroes. And so I'm trying to appreciate it for what it is. Same with Guardians and Galaxy and, and lots of films that we've seen this year. Mm. Anyway, yes, Sine, what do you think of the film? <laughs> Say whatever you want. I didn't mind it. I... Had heard lots of people hated it and lots Boo. of people had thoughts. Diarrhea and piss. It was fine. Like <laughs> Seriously, it's fine. It's it? one of those um, <laughs> situations where you walk out and you're just kind of like looking around like, is this 
is this really what everyone's upset about? Like, yeah. it was fine. It was as average as any Avengers movie, as mm-hmm. any big blockbuster, as, from, I don't know, from Transformers to the latest Nicholas Sparks adaptation, they're all fine. They're yeah. fine. It had enjoyable bits and it had bits that didn't work. Um, and the bits that didn't work are not like a problem only with these films, which is the, I think is my, what I'm really struggling this film is like, oh, the villain wasn't very good. Or like, or name me a good villain from the Marvel movies mm. or other DC movies. Mm. Joker, Loki. Yeah. That's about it. <laughs> you know? So, yeah, I agree. It's a very fine movie. Yeah. There's lots of stuff. Like, the plot may as well not have been there because it was, it was just your standard sort of thing. And that, and it's not enough. I'm like, I don't want to be the sort of person who's like, oh, the film, the plot doesn't matter because the plot is the most important part. And if mm-hmm. it's not a very good story, it's not a very good film generally. And I feel like this one, they could have worked, you know, spend another week on it, guys. Could have done something <laughs> better. Yeah. I feel like a lot of the problems with this film or the people think there are with this film, I think the issue is we've been spoiled, our generation, and we have had the perfect Batman film, which was Dark Knight. Batman Begins pretty good too. Yeah. But Dark Knight is, it's is a great... It's pinnacle, right? Yeah. So we've been spoiled, so we've had this. And now anything that we see since then in DC is never going to live up to that. But we need to stop forcing it yeah. to try to. Does yeah. that make sense? And some for some reason people hate Ben Affleck as Batman. Like, you I, know, I feel like that was, feeds into that narrative. But I feel like if people liked him last year, but now this year they've gone off him again because of various issues not to do with the film. Yeah. And I, I, I didn't feel like his heart was in this one, to be honest. No, I didn't Did feel you, like it. Yeah. <laughs> Phoned in a little bit, but that's yeah. fine. It, Which is a bit of a shame because of how many people would kill to be Batman. But again, like we don't know that as well. We well, don't. Oh yeah, we. I'm reading a lot into that. So he loves being Batman, I'm sure. But other things happen, obviously, and the film's gone through you know, various problems. Mm. Regardless of plot issues that you were mentioning, it still is really cool to see them all together. Yeah, totally. Like I know that that sounds like a really kitty, not film analyst way to look at this, but it's cool to see cool characters team up and fight a baddie. Like it's yeah. just at its most basic principle, that's what this film is, and mm-hmm. it's enjoyable. Like it's fine. I, I don't get it. I think it did a nice job of balancing. I was really worried about not having origin stories of Aquaman, mm. Flash, and mm. Cyborg. Cyborg. Yeah. I always want to call him Cyclops. Whole different whole different thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it did a nice job of balancing those origin stories with teaming up to fight a bad guy. Like I think it handled that really well and I was worried about that. I, I agree with you. I think it was fine. People seem to think that the way that they did it in the Avengers universe is the only way you could do that. Yeah. By Which, having individual Yeah. Yeah. And what they did was great. Now mm. you know, I'm not gonna say it was a bad thing, but it's not the only way you can introduce characters for a team-up sort of movie. Yeah. Like that tweet that was going around a few weeks ago saying, if we were making Lord of the Rings today, we'd have ten movies before, before the Fellowship. And it'd be like we would. A movie of, of Frodo and living his life in the Shire and then another movie about <laughs> and Aragon. It'd and, stop when he like, fa- looked at the ring and, and then a whole yeah. other film about putting the ring on. And I think, think you applied to any movie. Yeah. You don't have a whole movie of, of Harry when he's not at Hogwarts or, yep. you know, the burrow for Weezy's running around or, you mm. know. And, yeah, don't get me started on Harry Potter <laughs> extended universe, but so I think it's fine. 
And it will be expanded upon later. I think they actually did a nice job, though, because Batman had been introduced. And we all knew Batman. Yeah, Wonder Woman had been introduced, Superman had been introduced, like they'd all had their solo Mm. thing. So it's not like they're trying to do six origin stories and a new film. Mm. They're doing Mm. three origin stories and a new film. Um, I do think Cyborg was a little bit shortchanged. He wasn't given much to do apart from swirly, swirly hands, Doctor Strange area. Um, But I liked Aquaman's bit and I liked Flash's bit. Um, Yeah, Flash is really interesting. It's, we still need to catch up on the TV series, though, don't we, Flash? Yeah. Just, I want to watch more of those of you guys together. Like, yeah. That's in that, at its core for a film franchise, that's successful, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. I found it really difficult to buy Ezra Miller as Flash because I've seen We Need to Talk About Kevin. Yeah, I haven't seen that one. And... I don't know. I, he shouldn't be making jokes. Something bad's going to happen. <laughs> he's really cool. Though. He's really he's charming. And how expressive is he with his eyes? Yeah. Under his mask. That's yeah. very impressive, I thought. He was great. He brought a new energy, sort of the same Spider-Man sort of feel, the young yeah, kid yeah, in the big exactly. team. Um, I was really off, put off, sorry. I was really put off by Cyborg CGI. So mm. in the trailers... I got the impression too, I know we spoke about it, that it was going to be head and chest and it was literally just, just half face. a head. Yeah. And something was going on there with the tracking or something when it, it didn't glitch but it was wavering and it was hovering and it was just floating and that drew me my attention to it straight away and I didn't like that at all. That's interesting because I didn't notice that really. Every time I was but, on screen yeah. I couldn't get my head. Oh. Like it, was, it was jagged and it wasn't, yeah, it was funny. I didn't like it at all. Um, and it's funny because they are superheroes, but I feel like we connect with them more when they are doing human things. Mm. And my biggest complaint about this film is that it's getting really difficult for me to care about some big CGI villain that is all ADR from some actor that's on the other side of the world who has nothing to do with this film. And I just don't care about big CGI villains. Thanos, well, this guy. I was going to say, I totally agree with you, and I'm not sure what's going to happen next year when it's the Infinity War f- films with Marvel where all their universes coming together, Guardians, Avengers, yeah, Spider-Man, everybody, and they're fighting a big CGI Joss Brolin. Yeah. How's that going to work? And how much do we care about Thanos? He's getting together the rings just like this guy was getting the mother boxes together. Yeah, so. it's very similar. Like, I just, it's hard because I'm going to go on a tangent here and I'll bring it back, right? We really loved the Netflix Daredevil, Jessica Jones, that kind of universe, right? Iron Fist. I didn't mention that on purpose. Um, half, half of the cage was good. Kind of sure what you need to see. But really enjoyed that. And the thing that that did so well was it had sort of like, um, ground level problems that needed to be mm-hmm, fixed, mm-hmm. right? So Daredevil, his thing is Hell's Kitchen and he's going to get rid of Prime in Hell's Kitchen and he's going to stop Fisk, who's a big baddie, but he's a human being. They're on the same level. I find it difficult to care about Batman fighting a big supervillain god warrior who's been brought back from the dead thing. Mm. However, I understand that he can't fight Gotham City crime 
with Wonder Woman and Superman because they'll just come in immediately and fix it because they have superpowers. So I don't know what the balance is here because I don't want to see Wonder Woman gathering up criminals in Gotham City, but I also don't want to see them fighting this weird giant ball of colour and pixels. You're right. It's an interesting problem because you don't want Superman to be beating up a mugger. No. But you don't want Batman to be beating up an alien. Exactly. So it's very tricky. It's definitely tricky, which is why Chris Nolan had him in a real universe. Yeah. Slightly heightened, kind of. Yeah. But it could have happened today. It was a great move. Yeah. But that's, again, that's not the only way to do it. I just, I I think about the villain in Wonder Woman's film who was so poorly handled and was as wishy-washy as the villain in this film where... Mm -hmm. He was evil because he was evil for some reason. He wanted to kill the world because he just wanted to. Yep. Um, and it, I'm increasingly noticing it's actually really difficult to write a good villain. It's really yeah. hard. So I've listened to a podcast recently, and I think it was one of the Slate one about um, Thor, mm. and it was saying that movie was was when it was good. It was just a hangout movie with these characters that we like. Yeah. Like, is that enough for a superhero film, just to have throw up our people we like in, in suits doing cool stuff? Like, maybe. Maybe there's a way of doing that. Maybe instead of the heroes fighting a central evil villain character, maybe mm-hmm. they're, like, rescuing people from natural disaster kind of situations, you know? Maybe that's more of a way of doing it. Or, or you just have a hangout movie and it's, like, interpersonal problems, which is what they went to with... Civil War, didn't they? Yeah. Kind well, of. you don't want to get into a Sokovia situation because that was the most stupid thing in the yeah. entire world. However, even though we just said we love seeing Batman and Soups and Wonder Woman and everyone together, the bits that I really loved about this film were the dialogue scenes where they had really interesting dialogue mm. scenes and they yeah. bonded as characters and as real people. The hangout bits. Yeah. yeah, the hangout bits, which was interesting and I think worked for this. So maybe... If DC are continuing in this really realistic, dark sort of this is this is life now, you know, realistic kind of world, maybe it needs more interpersonal stuff and less smashy smashy fighty fighty alien. Well, I guess something to say about that is that when Batman is tracking down the Riddler or Joker or something, he's not going to ring up Superman every two minutes and be like, "Hey, just come fly over here and do this." Yeah, Superman's got his own problems, and when Superman is is fighting Lex Luthor. Metropolis. He's not necessarily gonna like. I'll get Bruce over here to help me. Yes. Unless there is a big threat, which is kind of why they in Justice League it was a yeah. world-ending threat. Yeah. So, yeah, the comics wouldn't be around for seventy years if these characters couldn't be on their own and also with each other. Exactly. It's yeah. just grappling that on a on a big scale and justifying why this movie is this movie. Yeah. And why this movie, like this team up movie, is a team up movie, and why this solo movie is a solo movie. But maybe the way they're doing it could be they could have more time, like it's Batman movie. But Superman or Flash drops in, kind of. Yeah. Maybe that's the way of doing it. Mm. Could I say something about how the difference between this film and Thor? Something that just sort of came to me, just sort of crystallised in my mind. Mm. So, in Thor, one of our problems was we didn't really buy the ending because, yeah. you know, we weren't really, no one was, no one was really We weren't emotionally danger, invested because stuff. they spent the whole time saying, don't be emotionally invested. Well, that's my, okay, you support my point here. Sorry. What I was going to say is that at the end of this film, I never thought that they weren't going to win. There was never in danger. Mm. This wasn't going to turn out all right for everybody. However, the difference between this film and Thor 
was that Thor didn't take it seriously. Well, this film, Justice League, did take it seriously. Mm-hmm. So in Thor, they were undercutting all the big moments with Drax the whole time. They were glib and, and the film didn't really want you to care that much. Well, this one, even though on, my, on a real professional level, I really didn't think they were in danger, they were still acting as if it was. And they were treating the audience as if this was still important, what was yeah. happening here. And so I think even though, you know, the left or right-hand side, whatever the side of the brain was, knew they weren't in danger, the other side was still accepting this story happening. While in Thor, I knew they weren't in danger and the film didn't even bother to really make me care if they were or not. Mm. I think that's why this one worked better. I think the issue some people would have with that is that maybe they were too earnest in saying this is actually dangerous. Do you know what I mean? Like maybe that's where that goes too far for some people. Maybe, maybe. I'm, I'm, yeah. But I was trying to think about why at the end of Thor I wasn't invested in the story, mm. while in this one I was still invested even though I knew in both circumstances that the heroes are all going to be fine yeah. because, let's face it, <laughs> they're all always fine and no one's ever dead in comic book universes. Yeah. I thought it was interesting how this film tried to position itself in the timeline of the wider universe of Batman in particular. I remember the conversation I was having with Alfred and it was like, about the ticking penguins, mm-hmm. which implies that he's experienced the same things that the... Michael Keaton. I don't know if it was implying that or just in general things have happened over the years. Okay. This Batman is supposed to have been around for like 20 years. You know, in the first or the last film, it was a Robin costume. That's right, yeah. supposed to think that... He'd already had a Robin. He'd been killed by the Joker, yeah. perhaps, yeah. Okay. I, don't, I think it was trying to tie into the other films. It was trying to, like... This stuff has already happened, some of this stuff already. Okay, fair enough. Um, can we talk about the beard scene that everyone's going on about? What beard scene? Apparently there's a scene where... Henry Cavill's moustache slash beard is CGI'd out and I was looking out for it because I'd been spoiled about this bit. I really couldn't tell. Maybe I'm going to lose my film credit credibility I, here, but I honestly... So didn't. you knew going into it. I didn't know going into it, and neither of us noticed. I'm going to look it up right now. Well, I think I know what scene they're talking about, but I just I still couldn't really see what it was and what was happening. How good is Henry Cavill, though? Oh, my God. Spoiler alert, by the way, Superman's in the film, if you haven't. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Obviously. He's incredible. He did such a good job of being, like, evil Superman, of being confused Superman, but in love with Lois, of being cool, funny, quippy. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to Superman. have... I'm happy to have a cool Superman who's happy and friendly in the future. He looks like Jamie Dornan from Fifty Shades of Grey. I think Jamie Dornan looks like Henry Cavill. Yeah, okay, sorry, yeah. I've looked at this... We looked at the picture right now. It's going around Twitter and stuff, and honestly cannot... Where? Are you you seeing this? Are we all not? I'm so confused. That doesn't even... Are they trolling? Are they just putting like... I don't know. It's not like American Sniper with a fake baby. You could tell that one. That was bad. (laughs) Oh, God, that was awful, wasn't it? Well, I've just clicked on images and... uh, Do you need some time alone with these images, Sano? If you type Henry Cavill photoshopped... This is a public service announcement for all my lady friends (laughs) and male friends. Type Henry Cavill photoshopped beard and just click images and just, kind of, just have a moment to yourself. You know, he was 
bullied at high school for being fat? Are you joking? Like, don't bully people, but also don't bully Superman, you know? Well, I didn't know he was Superman, I guess. I still can't tell. I don't get it. Okay, we're just down at Henry Cavill's picture of Wormhole. Turning it off. <laughs> My point is, I think that is a prime example of these people hating it because they could hate it. Do you think if they didn't know, they would have had an issue? No, I think it's another thing about we can hate DC because they're doing silly stuff. Yeah. You know? And I love the implication that Henry Cavill was like a diva or something by not throwing, not shaving off his moustache. No, 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 no. He was filming another film and the studio of that film wouldn't let him shave it. So yeah. they said to the other studio, you're going to have to do something. Henry had like, like no say in this. It's a bit of a dick move from them perhaps, but it's like it's not their fault, I guess you could say. You know. Not the end of the world either. Even if it does look bad, guys. Like, I want movies to be good. That's my aim in life, but... Good movies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Good aim. Chill a bit. I'm not sure this film completely worked. I just want to talk about how it veered into Quippy, Quippy Lane for a little bit there. Mm-hmm. Batman isn't a Quippy character. I'm, I'm, put it out there. His parents were murdered when he was a child. He fights crime on... The streets. Yeah, he's a millionaire, but he's lonely and he's isolated and he's miserable. Counterpoint. Yeah. Lego Batman is pretty funny. Lego Batman <laughs> is the exception. Everything we've said in this podcast, put an asterisk on it and say, <laughs> see Lego Batman. Yes. Because I'll, I've said it before, I'll say it again. That film is the perfect example of a Batman film, a comedy film, an animated film, a film paying homage to a whole century of work. It is a masterpiece. And this isn't a funny thing where I'm trying to be quirky and like bacon or that kind of thing. No. Lego Batman is the best film to have ever existed in a cinematic <laughs> universe. Mm, tied for first with Dark Knight. But the point is, it made fun of the thing while also being the thing, but it right. made fun of the thing by paying homage to the thing. And yeah. this, Justice League, was too quippy. Yeah. I, I agree. It was... A few too many jokes that didn't land. Better having a few jokes that are awesome rather than, like, throwing all the jokes on there. What is it that people think we liked Guardians because it was quippy and we liked Thor because it's quippy? No. We like it because they make sense. Flash's character made sense when he was being quippy. Aquaman's yeah. to a little bit. Yeah. I don't want to see Cyborg being quippy. I don't want to see Wonder Woman being quippy. I agree. I'm going to be that guy again, though. I don't think it was, like, that tonally dissonant though people are saying we go from a joke to a really dark bit and you can really tell the bits where it was Joss Whedon the bits where it was Zack Snyder yeah I agree the jokes went a bit too far sometimes but it wasn't an overall disaster of a film where it goes from you know being an R-rated drama to it bloody I didn't, comedy yeah, film I didn't get that sense of dissonance it was just well that's what people are saying but you know an easy sort of thing to say but you're right quips aren't the best thing ever I just want to talk quickly and see what you thought. You're probably going to be opposite police. <laughs> I've just named you that now. Okay. You're the opposite police when it comes to the podcast. What did you think of Wonder Woman in terms of male gaze in this film? Again, I'll be that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I thought at times it wasn't good. Don't know why we have to see her butt all the time when we don't see anyone else's but also i hate her costume i really just give her some pants 
I know she's a god or half god or whatever, but she could wear leggings at least, couldn't she? Yeah. But people on Twitter were saying, like, this film undoes everything that happened in the Wonder Woman film. I don't know. She was still in the same costume and yeah. what, she was it's kind funny of male gazing in that viewing film. viewing the same thing between two different lenses almost because yeah. you liked Wonder Woman but you don't like this. And so, you, so you're trying to find this. A, is... You're interpreting the same thing two different ways. Mm. It's funny. I think there were some bits that it was justified. Um, I got worried about the Aquaman bit when that was a bit funny when he was having a go at her, but then that was revealed to be... Yeah, and actually she... Joking, she had the upper hand. She flipped she the situation. That. She was in power. That's exactly. Fun. So that was good. Um, there were a couple of shots where it was literally just her butt on the screen and an well, up shot. Like, you know, just like, just director, go talk to the cameraman. Just lift the camera up a little bit. I know, lift it up so like funny. half a meter and all, you know, whatever it is, and you wouldn't have to do that. It's funny that you say, why can't she wear pants or leggings? Because she only wears pants or leggings or skin tight pleather well, pants in the, every in other every other thing. Yeah, fair so enough. it's proof that she can wear them, yeah. and even when she does, they mm-hmm. overly sexualize really. her. And it's not like we're not going to think that she's a beautiful woman. Like, we don't have to have her in a skimpy outfit. To no. show her being like a, a wonder woman. She That's is not the most the... beautiful person to ever have lived. Putting her in a potato sack <laughs> doesn't matter. I'd love to see more of her and Superman together. Yeah, I'm the interested because they kind of... The oh, literally, though. Because <laughs> they're hinting at a Bats Wonder Woman. Mm. But no, no. Wonder Woman and Supes have been together in the In the comics, comics. but we've still got Lois Lane here, though. We do. Which, Amy Adams is good. She had like two days on set, but... I love cool. her. She can do whatever she wants. Can we just talk about some cool bits in the film? Yes, let's do some cool bits. Let's wrap it up with some cool bits. Wrap it up with some cool bits. The scene with Wonder Woman in the bank where she like pew pew pews with her bracelets and it's so epic in the first bit of the film. It's almost worth seeing the film again just for Wonder Woman's bits and and especially that beat. How can you watch the film and it's in its like second or third scene Mm. not go, that's so cool and she's running across as he's trying to kill all these people and she's like getting them all. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. How can you mm-hmm. not be excited about mm-hmm. that? Second cool thing, when Stoops goes evil mm. and then turns his head and sees Flash because, the, yeah, yeah. That was so cool. Because Superman's faster than a speeding bullet, but Flash is the fastest person in the world, so he's really so, faster. Well, that's an interesting point because, like, Flash has the speed force thing that you get access, makes him go fast. Yeah. Don't know if Superman can do that, but a Superman just generally I'm sorry. Faster. I'd like to point you to a, a little film, a little version of Superman played by the one and only Rest His Soul, Christopher Reeve, where he uh, turns back time, turns back time yeah. and flew around the world. Was so he, perhaps he was accessing the speed force then. You Correct. Know, that's all I'm saying. Quick point about Soup's going evil. I know you're rebirthing him, but that photo of Kevin Costner, his dad is dead. It's the only photo he has of him and you're just letting it fall into the bloody slime. Wonder Woman, I notice you're not helping lower him into the water. Maybe you could have reached out. Use your lasso to get the bloody mm-hmm. picture. Yeah. If I was Soups, i wake up, go back to my house, be like, oh, this is so lovely. What memories do I have of my father? None, because we let it go into a slimy goop for no reason. Okay. I thought we were doing good bits. Sorry, yeah, yeah, no, good bits. Um... <laughs> I liked the stuff with Flash rescuing people. Thought that was good. Mm-hmm. Thought it was interesting. There were a few moments though in this film. I, I know I'm, that's it for good bits. I want to talk about <laughs> attention to detail with this film, and I think it links back to what you were saying in the beginning, full circle, about we just need to spend another week brainstorming. I think those problems were how 
the film yeah. was made and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So there were a lot of things that I kept waiting to come back, to be callbacks, mm-hmm. particularly when Batman throws his little bat ninja star at Flash and Flash ca- says, catches it and says, can I keep this? I kept waiting in the final battle for bats to get in trouble or something and Flash would whip out the ninja star and save it. And it would have been a lovely little callback, lovely setup for that, and that never happened. And there was another one that I can't remember now but with Cyborg that didn't happen either. And I just feel like those little attention to details are what make a good film great. And that's why, among other things, this film landed solidly in, like, the mid-zone rather than the higher end of superhero films. I agree. And that would have been so cool if Flash had brought that back in yeah. the final battle. That would have been cool. I'm not trying to defend the film, like, to the nth degree, which I feel like I have done anyway, this podcast. But I think there are, like, three or four different cuts of this film. You know, it's one of those things where the first cut is four hours long and now and then they had to reshoot half of it because of other things. So it's difficult to make a cohesive film. But it's not it? an excuse, though. They spent $300 million. You reckon they could, Yeah. you know, with all that money and power and people involved, you could... Get something good, it's but funny, isn't it? it's pretty it tough, like, isn't it? It's, it is tough, though. Like, yeah, it seems like the budget doesn't even matter. Like, as we're recording this, Greta Gerwig's film just came out, and that was made on a relatively low budget, and it seems amazing from all reviews. Mm. Oh yeah. So sure. it seems that your budget doesn't matter. You can oh. still make a crap film with a lot of money, and you can still make a good, a crap film with a lot of money. Did I say the same thing twice? Then probably. <laughs> more money, more at stake. More people think they have to come in and help it and fix it, though. So yeah. Thoughts on the ending? Can you explain the ending? The Lex is out. Yeah, Lex is out of. Oh, they mean like the post credits sort of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Superman and Flash having a battle, having a race. No, you got that? Okay. I got that. <laughs> just just joking, everybody. It's pretty cute, actually, the scene. <laughs> yeah, I would have seen that. See that for a whole film. Yeah. Yes. Lex is out of prison somehow. And then uh, this guy, what's his name? He's not Deadpool, that's the other one. Deathstroke? Deathstroke, yeah, who was. Deadpool was basically model <laughs> Yeah, this guy's called Slade Wilson, and he's Wade Wilson. That's Deadpool, anyway. Maybe they're brothers. No, they're different universes. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Deadpool was a takeoff of him. DC, Marvel, if ever you want that idea, yeah. you can buy it off me for $100 million. <laughs> merge, merge your universes. Oh. oh. That'll be the next thing in 10 or 20 years when I all the films are wait. done. I can't wait. be pretty cool, wouldn't it? Yeah, so they're going to get together. Deathstroke is like an assassin. Mm. He has a, apparently he has like a big battle with all of the younger Justice League people, Young Justice or whatever they're called. Teen Titans, that's it. Especially Robin for some reason. Anyway, yeah. They're going to get together and have like a Justice of Evil, I think they're called, something like that. Okay. Which would be pretty cool. Last thing I want to say is that Linking back to what you said, that there's probably a four-hour great version of the film. Are we getting to the point where every superhero film is going to be released as a shit version or a worse version than it could have been, and then there's always going to be a director's cut that comes out and an extended cut and everything else? Like, is that mm. is that where we're heading? And if that's where we're heading, what does that mean for the future of the superhero genre? Well, I'm not saying this just because he's done the best superhero films ever, but I'm pretty sure it was Christopher Nolan, pretty sure... He doesn't do reshoots. He's like, if I didn't get it right the first time, like, I just shoot the script and that's done, you know? So yeah. If it's not right before you start shooting it, it's not right ever. Mm. But plenty of films have gone through awful productions and they've got a great film at the end of it. And 
plenty of times you've the director's cut is better, but I hate it. And I hate the the sort of implication that we'll release two versions and get twice as much money. Yeah. Or at least there's a high chance of getting more money. I also hate the fact that the director feels that his vision, say his, Patty, you're the only woman there, mm-hmm. their vision has been distorted so much that they feel the need to tell people what they really wanted to have, like why that version can't be the real version, you know, like... That just seems really sad to me that your studio isn't supportive of your vision, that they're releasing a version that you don't agree with. Because I'll go out on a limb here. I think people would rather watch a three-hour incredible superhero film than a 90-minute average one. Mm. Look at Lord of the Rings. They go mm. for, like, hours and hours, and they're incredible. I agree with you. I'd rather see a longer version of, of a good thing rather than a shorter version of a bad thing. The counterpoint to the argument of giving the directors complete control of everything, though, is the Star Wars prequels. George Lucas had nobody saying no to him and then ended up making really bad movies. I think we need to have someone who says no, but maybe he doesn't meddle. Sure. Just a little person who's like, hey, He's helping. Yeah. hey, maybe CGI dinosaurs that block the screen isn't the best way to go. Peace out. I'll just be over here if you yeah. need me. You know? Yeah, it's the push and pull of... Creative people working with non-creative people who have money. Basically, yeah, <laughs> and who think they know what to do. Yeah. But I'm not going to defend studios, but if they're going to give you $300 million to make a movie, they probably want want some say in what happens, don't they? But then again, they're not the ones who make the movie, are they? So. And they're not the people who the movie is for. Because the people who the movie is for, Lonnie, are the audience. Mm-hmm. And if you take one thing from this podcast... Take that. Take well, heed. Well, take this if you're the audience. Just chill a bit, if, even if you're pro or anti, whatever you are. Okay, so also you're the future, but also just chill. And Try and appreciate what you got rather than just being a dick. Stay golden, honey boy. And if you're a DC person who loves Superman, try and act like him. Don't be out, like, you know, giving death threats to the film reviewers and stuff. That's if, a good it, point. And if you're a Marvel person who thinks you're so much better because your movies are light and happy, stop shitting on other films then. Be light and happy and whatever. Well, there you go. That's... It's a bit of a bit weird that we save our harshest criticism for the superhero films. <laughs> Watch loving, loving Vincent. Yeah, it's all right. That's great. It's a great movie. That's incredible. How dare you? Idea for... Another cinematic universe. Mm. It's like Loving Vincent, the first one, and all the other films are like famous artists who are in <gasps> together. Yes, in their styles. Yeah, that'd be cool. So do like a Monet one. Yeah. All in Monet style. And then a <gasps> Picasso. Trademarked, copyrighted, CC. Nope, that's the same as copyrighted. Just, we have that idea. <laughs> you can buy it off us. <laughs> I don't think that's how that works. That's how it works, okay? I declare bankruptcy. <laughs> Final point. I'm going to give it three out of five, I think. And I think people will come back to this film in like five or six years and be like, it wasn't that bad, was it? I think three out of five. I can see myself buying this film and watching it on a weekend. Yeah. It's fun. It's fun time. It's fine. Everything's fine. Chill, everybody. Take a chill pill. Thanks for listening. Thank you very much for listening. And we'll see you very, very soon with another podcast about... A movie or a TV show. Because this is a... I tried wrapping it up (laughs) earlier and you just kind of run on here. 
Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs>